lost cause anyway. Why would you want to risk financial instability? I think mm. the this is really uh, uh, the uh, the uh, the uh, the credit growth is really about uh, keeping companies afloat. Okay. So the uh, the the long term consequence is that we are going to have a lot more zombie companies. Okay, uh, and they're we're, yeah. we're running out of time. Quick f- final thought from you, Steve, before we go, because we're running out of time. <laughs> I think, yeah, th- that's what I'm actually uh, really afraid of about this, uh, the t- continuation of prolonging the growth of a zombie company, injecting uh, medicine into companies that just churn. So, but, you know, that's what carries us to the next year. So if that is the case, I guess we'll have that. Well, thank you both very much. Sadly, we've run out of time, but a uh, great discussion. We heard there Steve Wang, Senior Credit Analyst at Citic CLSA, and Andy Shi, who's an independence economist based up in Shanghai. 567 AM Radio 3 To prevent the spread of disease, make sure all drainage traps contain water. Pour half a liter of water into each drain outlet every week. Check sinks, baths, toilets, and floor drain outlets regularly. If drainage pipes are leaking or blocked, or drain outlets emit a foul smell, arrange prompt inspection and repair by a qualified person. Don't alter drains and pipes on your own. Visit chp.gov.hk for details. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. A quick final look at the markets this morning. Of course, all the attention being focused on the Hang Seng Index this morning. Looks like it's going to open, according to futures anyway, about 300 points lower. Uh, That's about 1.5% lower uh, compared to Friday's close, which will take the index around about 22,600 in an hour's time. And elsewhere, the SX200 in Australia up 1.75%. The Nikkei 225 in Japan up 1.5%. Thank you very much for listening. I'll be back tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock. Stay tuned for Back Chat with Hugh Chiverton and Mike Rouse. Let me give you an update on the weather. Sunny intervals and a few showers. More showers with isolated thunderstorms around noon and the maximum temperature of about 30 degrees. The outlook is for showers and thunderstorms tomorrow. Then the weather will improve slightly midweek this week. It's 28 degrees, 87% relative humidity. And it's 8.32. Here's Samantha Butler with the half-hour news. Britain is reviewing how U.S. sanctions will have an impact on the involvement of the Chinese company Huawei in its telecoms networks. Huawei said it was happy to discuss with the British authorities any concerns they may have. Here's the BBC's Gordon Carrera. On May 15th, the U.S. government announced significant additional sanctions on Huawei. That, the government says, has led to the need for a new review. Back in January, it was decided that Huawei would be allowed to play a limited role, capped at 35% of the network. But pressure has been mounting since then to change course. The Trump administration has continued its lobbying to have the UK exclude the company entirely, and a backbench rebellion has also been gathering strength. The British Prime Minister Boris Johnson has used the government coronavirus briefing to defend his senior adviser Dominic Cummings. Mr Cummings has faced calls to resign after it emerged he'd driven several hundred kilometres to the northeast of England while his wife had symptoms of coronavirus. Mr Johnson made it clear he would be standing by his right-hand man. I think he followed the instincts of every father and every parent and I do not mark him down for that. And though there have been many other allegations about what happened when he was in self-isolation and thereafter, some of them palpably false, I believe that in every respect he has acted responsibly and legally and with integrity. 
Professional sports teams will be able to return to their training facilities in New York after getting the green light from the state's governor, Andrew Cuomo. He called the move a return to normalcy following coronavirus lockdown restrictions. He said it took effect immediately. I believe that uh, sports that can come back without having people in the stadium, without having people in the arena, do it. People are still staying home. It gives people something to do. It's a return to normalcy. So uh, we are working and encouraging all sports teams to start their training camps as soon as possible. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Bag Chat. I'm Hugh Chivert and your co-host today, Mike Rouse. Mike, good morning to you. Good morning, Hugh. And we're talking about national security legislation this morning. Police say they've arrested at least 180 people yesterday after thousands flaunted the gathering ban to protest at Beijing's plan to impose national security laws here. Pan-Democrats and others are concerned that the plan to establish sound legal systems and enforcement mechanisms, including mainland security agencies operating in the SAR. The White House National Security Advisor, Robert O'Brien said yesterday the US government will likely impose sanctions on China if Beijing implements the law. And he said it's hard to see how Hong Kong could remain the Asian financial center that it's become if China takes over. How do you feel? Are you concerned or relieved? Is this the end of one country, two systems? Let us know your thoughts. You can leave a message on our Facebook page. That's Backchat and RTHK Radio 3, where everyone can see them. You can email us, backchat at rthk.hk. But we are getting an enormous number of messages, as you can imagine. And I'm afraid long ones uh, will get edited for length. If you want uh, a a message read in its entirety, make it a couple of uh, lines, a single paragraph or something like that, and you can get the message across. Uh, Otherwise, we will have to edit as a say or you can just pick up the phone and give us a call and our number is 233-88266 joining us for the first part of the program this morning we have now uh, christine Lowe, uh former legislator and uh, under secretary uh, in the administration uh, after nine o'clock we're also going to be joined by martin lee the veteran pro-democracy politician and pro-democracy activist nathan law uh, once again if you want to speak to them give us a call 233-88266 okay a little roundup of uh, of messages uh, as i say i will have to edit Uh, for length, uh, some of the emails that we've been receiving. Ching says, The former governor who ruled Hong Kong as an unelected dictator, Chris Patton, has led a group of 199 politicians uh, from 23 countries to help issue a joint statement condemning Beijing's move. This reminds us of the old colonial times when many Western imperialist countries, plus Japan, simply carved up China, causing turmoil and suffering to to the masses. Simply ask any Chinese citizen in the streets of mainland China and Hong Kong, what would be better for some China-hating, arrogant politicians in the West to rule us and decide for us how our society should function according to their values and standards so that everything we'll do will benefit the West or for our own governments to lead us? Which is better? That's from Ching. Uh, Andrew Kay says, if the intensity of the so-called press on Sunday afternoon in Wan Chai and Causeway Bay is the price we have to pay for the freedom of the press, I would rather not have it. Peter says, in light of months of social unrest, destroyed livelihoods, riots, property damage... 
uh, I'm finally, I'm finally, I'm glad to finally see the introduction of national security laws in Hong Kong. And yes, for those reasons, I've signed the petition for Article 23. I just would have preferred that Hong Kong would have enacted its own version. Ironically, I have to hand it to the pandems. The enactment of national security laws is their only achievement over the past years. They were really working hard on it. However, it's time for the pandemocrats to change, to cut their antics and focus on deliverables. Really working for the well-being of Hong Kong people and to be judged by their actual performance. Hong Kong is not a state of US or Europe and it is not a UK colony anymore. It is part of China. So let the actual stakeholders decide what happens in Hong Kong, which are the Hong Kong and mainland Chinese people. Martin says, I find Chris Patton's signature campaign and condemnation of Beijing's move to implement national security in Hong Kong very rich. Every single of those country of those signatories have national security laws themselves. Many have multiple ones, and the US even has the Patriot Act, which allows the US government to spy on ordinary Americans. Derek says, I guess Beijing doesn't have to worry about the Legislative Council elections if they're going to pass laws directly. The national security law will make it possible what will make possible what Hong Kong fears the most, the loss of freedom and protection received under the basic law. Is this the end of one country, two systems? No, but the end is coming a lot sooner than expected. Henry says, last Friday we saw the full bench of the Carrie Lam team dutifully lined up under the party banner supporting the coup d'etat. With their masks barely concealing their collective shame, we, or, or they more properly, have capitulated entirely. There's little that can be done in the face of communist party speak, such as we see from the ever-erudite Matthew Chung telling us it's every... telling us... It's everybody that it's our collective responsibility to maintain national security. Please explain why in a free society it is our responsibility. Uh, JY says, I think the enactment of a security law is the only way to reinstate law and order in Hong Kong, in particular the assault of those who attempt to stop protesters' vandalism. Uh, Alonso said, what did the Hong Kong protesters really believe would happen after several months of violent anti-government protests and a legislature that had been paralysed by endless filibustering? Did they really believe that Beijing would roll over and give in to their demands? That was never going to happen. Indeed, the pandem leaders and the flock have played right into Beijing's hands. Uh, meanwhile, if the new security law eventually helps to restore peace to the streets of Hong Kong, mainland tourists, which are the lifeline for vast swathes of the local economy, might return. Bottom line, it's premature to be writing Hong Kong's uh, obituary. Drake says, more disturbing news. Uh, Hong Kong U legal scholar Albert Chen said on Saturday that the definition of the regime covers the authority of the Hong Kong government. So technically, calling for the CE to step down could amount to subversion. And on uh, a couple more, uh, Andrew F. says, Groundhog Day this morning as I woke to a soundbite on RTHK of a young Katniss Everdeen offhandedly telling your reporter, quote, if my home do not have freedom, I will choose to die. Uh, meanwhile, around the corner, her young comrades were demonstrating that Hong Kong isn't only under attack by Form 4-level English bumper sticker as they gave a young woman and a middle-aged man who remonstrated with them one of their famous democracy makeovers. Uh, John McMaster says the national security law operation bypass will be a runaway success. I must congratulate the CCP on its blitzing-like promotion of the national security law codenamed Operation Bypass. We now have a sinister twist to the basic law that Machiavelli himself will be proud of, jaw-droppingly unleashed with all its intended shock and awe with exquisite timing when we least expected it. Uh, we cannot blame China for in our hearts as we know the Communist Party does what it, it needs to tighten up. We can, however, point the accusatory finger at all the homegrown collaborators who let this happen with no resistance. Uh, and on uh, Facebook, um, 
Just a quick summary. Azan says this is a clear breach of the joint declaration on Article 18 of the Basic Law. It signals a fundamental rejection by the SAR government and the Central People's Government of what they've repeatedly told us they would not do. TC says this will set a dangerous precedent in that the NPC can bypass anything too controversial for LegCo to move on. Barbara says what is supposed to what is supposed to uh, come uh, sooner or later. And Gerhardt says, a brief translation from the MPC Article 23 law, we, the Chinese Communist Party, are afraid of Hong Kong people and therefore we will get the police and judges to punish the people who hurt our feelings. That's from Gerhardt and you can read all the messages yourself at your own leisure on the Facebook page. Christine Lowe, good morning to you. Hi, good morning. Thank you much indeed for, for, for joining us. What do you think of this? What do you make of uh, introducing this legislation now? Actually, I, I have a, a lot of uh, feelings about this because I was a member of the legislature in, um, uh, in 1996 and 1997. And before the British departed, we were presented with a draft piece of legislation, which we could have passed at the time, um, because that would have plugged the hole for Article 23. And in looking back, uh, one might say that that was a rather liberal version of Article 23. And in the wisdom uh, uh, of the time, we decided not to um, pass that piece of legislation because it was perhaps better to have not have it rather than have it. So I think there's a historical perspective that, that I was engaged in. And I do ask myself, gosh, you know, after all that time, should we have done it? So that's, that's my first sense. My second sense was in 2003, I think all of us remember uh, when we had half a million people on it, I was uh, a member of the Article 23 uh, group and uh, with, uh, uh, with a number of friends, we, we looked at the legislation then that was presented uh, and we fought against it. You know, it was again on the basis that it was perhaps better not to have it than to have it. And then, okay, fast forward to today, we know, I mean, I know in my heart the issue has not gone away. And we are going to have to have Article 23 legislation one of these days. And I think what has provoked Beijing now to do it by direct promulgation is uh, not so much that Hong Kong people want democracy and we want to preserve our freedom, but I think they've not I think the words that they use in the draft decision are very serious. They're saying Hong Kong is now a threat. They're saying there's notable national security risk and that it's a prominent problem. So these, these are very major words that they're using in Beijing. And they've said that we've now challenged their bottom line. So they say this is going to be forceful measures that we're putting uh, forward. It's going to be state-led and it's going to be direct promulgation because you just can't do it in Hong Kong. So I think we've come to a time where um, we, we do need to talk about this very seriously in Hong Kong. Uh, what kind of relationship we're going to have with uh, the Beijing authorities. Right. Christine, what did we think would happen? The, the basic law asks us to do one thing, and, and we haven't done it. Right. I mean, what I'm saying is, uh, I think, well, we, we all know how Article 23 got there. Article 23 got there in the way that it is framed because of June 4th in 1989. Um, 
China was a concession, I guess, on their part that, okay, you pass your own legislation. The British tried to do something that was a liberal version. In our wisdom, we rejected it. And ever since then, we've had to do something. And uh, I think also many times Beijing have sort of said, okay, we'll wait. And you remember the time when Donald Zhang said, well, you know, I, 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 I'm not going to do it. Uh, uh, CY Leung, he said, not on the agenda. It's something we have to do, but it's not on the agenda. And also, I think Carrie Lam said, well, yes, we, we will wait. This is not the time. So I think last year, the experience we have last year of, of, I mean, looking at it from Beijing, violence, disorder, disrespect of national symbols, uh, calling upon uh, international forces uh, to help Hong Kong to fight China. I mean, these are all the things that um, they cannot tolerate it, you know, is, in Beijing. Yeah, so, so this is this is like crunch time. Does this crunch time mean effectively the end of one country, two systems? No, I don't think so, um, because one country, one system would be something still much more different. I think at this stage, there are two issues that I think Hong Kong needs to, uh, a, a short-term issue and maybe a slightly longer-term issue. The first one is we now have the draft decision. The draft decision tells us why they're doing it and that there are seven articles. There are certain aspects that are yet unclear. So, for example, are they going to say there are specific activities, you know, specific actions that will come under subversion uh, and uh, 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 secession, for example? So, I mean, by, by putting tight definitions around it, that's better than having loose definitions, for example. So that in the short term, we need to work that out. Um, and how they're going to be enforced in Hong Kong. But in the longer term, I mean, we do want democracy. We do want to protect uh, the, uh, uh, the liberties that we have. But what we haven't been able to do in, the, in our political um, uh, 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 kind of culture is for the so-called opposition to actually develop some kind of relationship with Beijing of uh, negotiation but I think this is going to have to happen, and they're going to have to concede on one thing, which is we are loyal to China. I mean, we can fight about many, many things, and we want to protect our benefits, okay? I think Beijing can understand that. But you cannot keep pressing the point of independence and, and, and self-determination. Isn't the fundamental problem um, not... Re not that this is really about national security, uh, but that this is a uh, this is not about a small group of people threatening Beijing. This is about the mass of people in Hong Kong. Um, you know, it, it's the st very strong indications that it's the majority of the people in Hong Kong who are unhappy here and are demonstrating. Um, and so it's not just a question of dealing with a small group of people as they're trying to frame it now, but it's a question of dealing with most people in Hong Kong, and how do you manage that? Um, this is why we need political leaders who, um, who are going to help us navigate this relationship with Beijing. Um, these laws, when they are there, it is to stop us from doing certain things, but it is not to stop us from doing everything. I mean, Hong Kong's life will continue, uh, as a part of China, the most liberal part of China. So how do we retain what are the liberties that we have, the promise of 
albeit gradual, democracy. If we still want to pursue that, and I think Hong Kong people do, um, how do we do that? If we don't have the political leadership who are willing to, you know, uh, have a relationship with Beijing, um, you know, then we're, we're not going to get anywhere. Yeah, I mean, to put it another way, the, these demonstrations are a, are a symptom uh, of, a, of another problem, of a wider problem. Um, and unless you address that, you're getting hold of the wrong end of the stick and you won't solve anything. And these demonstrations and this discontent and unhappiness will continue. Well, uh, again, I think one of the interesting aspects about um, the protest uh, of last year and now bleeding into, into this year is it's also supposedly leaderless. And we have our pro-democracy leaders um, telling us that they're not going to tell others what to do. So you end up with um, this deep division in society, nevertheless. I mean, you know, you read out uh, people's comments just now, and they fall into two groups. Um, there is a desire for order and continuing, but the disorder is a manifestation of, in a way, the lack of ability to have a dialogue, a relationship of some kind with Beijing, albeit that that might be very difficult. And one of the things that I'd like to see as a, uh, as a citizen of Hong Kong is that our opposition uh, is able to develop a robust relationship with Beijing, but having a relationship rather than rejecting right. the fact that all, Hong Kong is contact. a part of China. Has, has the democratic leadership and democratic leadership basically abdicated its responsibility to talk to Beijing? Well, I think after 1997 and going forward from now, um, we, we, we don't have the privilege of ignoring Beijing. We don't have the privilege of, of not looking at how they look at something. Right. I mean, we might say we don't uh, agree with everything that Beijing says, but if we don't try to understand how they look at it, then we're not able to develop any kind of dialogue. And um, uh, so I, I feel very strongly that going forward, Hong Kong politics can be robust, but it is an experience and capability that we will need to build in Hong Kong to do that. Now, if we continue to deny that Beijing has a role in national security, in national affairs, then, you know, we're going to start off on the wrong foot. And what is the problem for, you know, the, even the most committed Democrat to say, this is a part of China, there is a national authority, and for us to uh, uh, find those areas uh, in the basic law to protect and even expand our rights, we've got to have this, this dialogue and trust with Beijing. All right. All right. An email from Matthew who says the comparisons claiming the US and Britain have security laws so Hong Kong people should not be concerned are devious and misleading. These countries' political and national security systems protect the country and its people. The CCP's security laws and political system protects only itself. That comes from Matthew. Uh, also uh, joining us uh, this morning, we have now uh, Jackie Fong, who's a think tank uh, researcher. Uh, good morning to you. Thank you much indeed for, for joining us. Good morning. Uh, how serious is this? I mean, how serious is this situation now that we have this national security legislation proposed? Um, it, it, it depends how serious to whom or to which party you, you 
referring to if you referring to how serious to Beijing, I think is pretty serious. Unlike the other law we um, controversially passed or retracted in 2019, that law was passed by or proposed by Carrie Lam. Mrs. Carrie Lam can retract the law. This is only in the Hong Kong level, so that there will be no uh, problem for Beijing actually. But uh, this national security law is proposed in National Congress, National People's Congress. So this is the Beijing affairs. So it's pretty true. And in the past history, there will be, I think in the last decade, there will be no proposal was rejected in National Congress. So it will be a serious affair. A lot now depends surely on the implementation. Yes. Um, is it going to be done by people sent from the mainland or is it going to be done by Hong Kong law enforcement? And where will alleged offenders be tried? I think it's still the open questions for not only Beijing government, but also in Hong Kong government. Uh, there's a lot of reporter uh, arguing and inquiry to the uh, Hong Kong government about the agents of the national security in Hong Kong. And uh, still today, uh, the Hong Kong government will not promise there will be no uh, such an agency and also the trial will be done in Hong Kong, also the trial will be done according to the common law. So there will be no promise from the big, uh, Hong Kong government. So I don't think um, we, we have any um, new information now, but this is why the foreign uh, uh, businessmen and also the government will, will, will fear of. These are huge issues. This, this is really Fun huge. fundamental. Yes, and this fundamental issue is, is not only talking about uh, how, uh, will affect the, how, how it will affect the uh, foreign business people, but also how the effectiveness of the national security law. If we talk about the national security law in the promotion by Beijing, we see there's a lot of people will be criticized, such as Jimmy Lai, and also such as the people uh, uh, fly, uh, having the American flag uh, in the uh, protests. So uh, because of the common law system, this kind of um, the, the proposal and also the speech will be protected by the Hong Kong uh, basic law and also by the common law system because we have freedom of speech in Hong Kong. So if there is no such an institution can legalize and prosecute in Hong Kong, that, that national security law will not be effective as Beijing thought. So that would be a dilemma. <laughs> uh, Christine Lowe, you were talking about the, uh, the, the shortcomings, I guess, of the pro-democracy camp. Where does this leave, this decision, leave, leave Carrie Lam, who had stated many times um, that the time was not right for national security legislation, and now Beijing has just basically ignored her and, and gone ahead with this. This is at a time when, as you know, her popularity ratings and those of the administration are just like lowest in the world practically they were below they were in single single figures um does this administration have any authority and what are the consequences what happens if you have a government like that well i think very very difficult situation for the hong kong government but you know again i go back to looking at the draft decision and why china says it is doing this um it says that there's a notable national risk it's got to be forceful, and it's going to be therefore state-led. Um, and if need be, they're going to even have a local presence of national agencies here. So it's going to be di direct promulgation. Mm -hmm. And the area where I think we still have some uh, flexibility is 
how it's going to be structured and enforced. So that's the area we just uh, 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 talked about. Um, now, I think between now and whenever you know we see whatever is the final legislation, this is a time where, um, in a way, everybody can put their thoughts in and see how to deal with this. Um, I think if the this is a very sensitive and important time, and I hope everybody will will be very careful uh, about um, how they approach it. One of the sort of areas of ambiguity was is talk of improving the legal system of Hong Kong. What are they getting at there? What does that mean? Well, I think you look. You have to look at it. I mean, this is language from Beijing, and from Beijing's point of view, they're saying, well, um, there are some gaps to be filled. We're going to have to be forceful about it, uh, which is why it's going to be direct promulgation because we also see that in Hong Kong, like with the, um, you know, the example obviously is the national anthem, um, if we left it to you, uh, even if we pass a national legislation, we leave it to you, you're not going to be able to pass it. So I think it's, it's the decision is Beijing speak. And I think it is important to understand the way they look at it if we're going to be effective in Hong Kong to have a dialogue with them. Okay, well, Christine Lowe, many thanks for, for joining us, former legislator and uh, under secretary. Um, in the second part of the programme, after nine o'clock, we're going to be joined by Martin Lee, the uh, veteran pro democracy politician, and Nathan Law, pro democracy uh, activist. If you want to comment, if you want to talk to them, give us a call. 233 88266 is the uh, number. Uh, we look forward to hearing from you. 233 88266. Uh, and uh, a lot more comments. Uh, Karen says, isn't the problem that the Democrats tried many times to talk to Beijing and the government but were repeatedly rejected? That comes uh, from Karen. More of those after the news at nine. Before that, the latest weather. It's going to be mainly cloudy today with some showers and some isolated thunderstorms. The storm, the, sorry, the showers will ease off later. Temperatures today up to about 30 degrees and the outlook showers and thunderstorms around tomorrow. The weather improving slightly in the middle of this week. 28 degrees at the moment, humidity at 87%. Back in three minutes. Buildings, but there have been no reports of damage or death. Trains in the area have been temporarily suspended. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Welcome back. This is Back Chat on a Monday morning with Mike Rouse and me, Hugh Chiverton, continuing to talk about the uh, proposed national security legislation and uh, reform, or sorry, improvement of the uh, political, of the uh, legal system uh, in Hong Kong. Uh, we were talking to Christine Lowe in the first part of the programme and Jackie Fung, a think tank researcher. He's still with us. Uh, and we're also joined now by Martin Lee, a veteran pro-democracy politician, and Nathan Law, pro-democracy activist. As ever, uh, you can talk to them, join the conversation by calling two. Three three eight eight two six six, or you can email backchat at rthk.hk. Please make your messages short, then we get time to read them out, and I won't have to edit them for length. Or you can always put longer messages, perhaps on the Facebook page, Backchat and RTHK Radio Three, for people to peruse at their leisure. Some of the emails uh, that have been coming in this morning. Uh, Anthony says, "Oh yes, Matthew. Just about anything from the CCP is wrong, and anything from Trump in the eyes of Hong Kong is like Holy Grail. That's like how some Chinese seeking help from Japan to create." their own kingdom in the past. By the way, why Macau is a lot more peaceful after introducing Article 23? Is the introduction of a new agency like the special unit controlled by MI6 in Hong Kong before 1997? 
Mi Fung, can you answer me? That's uh, from Anthony. Uh, Drake says, without democracy, the national security law would just be another draconian tool to persecute free minds. We could expect Martin Lee, Joshua Wong, Benny Tai, Jimmy Lai et al. to go down with Li Wang Yang, Liu Xiaobo and the hundreds of Beijing lawyers like Wan Chan Jiang. Uh, and Bowen says, I'm afraid Christine Lowe's suggestion of giving more precise definitions to terms like sedition and subversion won't work, given Beijing's mentality, although the suggestion itself is good on the surface. The past has proved Beijing's incorrigible propensity to add to or temper with existing provisions in the law whenever they see a need to do so. Uh, defining those words won't prevent Beijing from tinkering with the law later. On the other hand, the ideal approach, for example, that using common law jurisdictions of consolidating all the existing case law into a code which is then incorporated into the legal definitions of key terms in the enacted stroke promulgated legislation will in all likelihood not be acceptable to Beijing. And Observer says in China they use the national security law to track and report on all foreigner activities and movement which means they can apply that in Hong Kong which is scary for foreigners and I wonder whether this would apply to those of us who are permanent. That comes uh, from a Observer, thank you very much indeed. Backchat at rthk.hk is our email address. One more. Uh, this is an email from G. He says, A fundamental issue which the likes of Matthew Chung and our MPC delegates are promoting is no change to our fundamental rights and freedoms. Have they already secured the continued application of the ICCPR and the Bill of Rights, which the PRC has not ratified? but which through the joint declaration the PRC has applied to the SAR? If not, they are patent liars, and we can treat them as traitors to the people of the SAR. That comes from G. Mike. Uh, yeah, Martin Lee, good morning. Morning. Martin, what happens next? <laughs> they, very easy to tell you. They, will, they claim they have comprehensive jurisdiction over Hong Kong. They did so six years ago. In a white paper, they published in seven languages in June 2014. Right. And they are only implementing that new policy. Instead of Hong Kong people ruling Hong Kong with a high degree of autonomy, as promised solemnly by Deng Xiaoping, and enshrined in the joint declaration with Britain, and also embodied into the basic law, our basic law, which is under the Constitution now, the new version of one country two system is central government ruling Hong Kong with comprehensive jurisdiction. So it's a complete opposite. But surely uh, the, the basic law asked us to do only one thing, which was to yeah. enact on our own national security legislation. 23 years later, we haven't done it. I tell you, why, why haven't we done it? Because the chief executive, successive chief executive, would, would not do it. They say they would not do it. And the liaison office, which now we know is above the basic law, at least Article 22, all right? They connived at it, I'm sure. Can you believe a chief executive of Hong Kong not pushing that bill, legislative, uh, the, the, the Article 23 thing, through a Beijing-controlled legislature without the blessing of the liaison office? So they deliberately don't want to do it. Now we know why. They are doing it for us in Beijing. What? In a much, and, and it's much more serious version. Uh, than the, the, the Macau Article 23 legislation. And importantly, we are still to legislate under Article 23, I'm told. All right? So the Hong Kong legislature would still have to legislate under Article 23, but they are now going to enact laws in China for us. 
Right. Now, and, and, and the important point is the Standing Committee of the NPC has a lot of powers, unlimited powers almost, given to them under the Chinese constitution. But under the one country, two systems policy, I can give you chapter and verse later on, the whole, the way to work out the two systems is to have the Chinese constitution to provide for the mainland, whereas our Hong Kong basic law will govern Hong Kong, the Hong Kong SAR. But our basic that law comes, the from, comes from the central government. It was oh, enacted oh, yeah, yeah. under Article 31 of the Chinese I, Constitution. Yes, but that is why I, I need to refer you to a very important decision made on the same day, the 4th of April 19, uh, 1990, right after the enactment of the Hong Kong Basic Law, the National People's Congress, the higher body than the Standing Committee, actually made a declaration, you'll find that actually in any copy of the Basic Law, uh, after the three annexes, uh, see, I can give you a summary of it. This important decision says that the basic law for Hong Kong was enacted under Article 31 of the Chinese Constitution and then repeated the whole article and then says, therefore, the basic law of Hong Kong is constitutional. In other words, the Hong Kong basic law, which is totally different from the Chinese Constitution, is held to be constitutional. Now, without that holding, we are in trouble. And then it goes on, I'll read, the systems, policies, and laws to be instituted, that is in Hong Kong, after the establishment of the Hong Kong Special Administrative Region shall be based on the basic law of the Hong Kong SAR. In other words, they rely on the Chinese Constitution, Article 31, to establish the Hong Kong SAR and to pass the Hong Kong Basic Law, which is constitutional, but after the establishment on the 1st of July 1997, then everything, everything in Hong Kong shall be decided or shall be governed by the Hong Kong Basic Law. Can, Mr. Lee, can... And, and also Article 18, which they often cite now, Article 18 of the Basic Law, the first paragraph says, the laws in force in the Hong Kong SAR shall be this law, that is, the basic law, and previous laws enforced in Hong Kong, and all future laws to be enacted by the Hong Kong Legislature. All right, uh, uh, Mr. But, Lee, but, Mr. Lee, but, no, but, setting but, aside the history please, and, and please, the legal minutiae, the, the fact please, is, the fact please, is, one, is, Mr. Lee... One more sentence, one more sentence. The Chinese constitution does not apply to Hong Kong. Okay. That's the most important sentence. All right, Mr. Lee, the reality is, as you know, that you and uh, other people in Hong Kong have been allying yourselves very, very strongly with the United States, travelling there, engaging in meetings with high officials, people have been waving flags on the streets, and so on, very, very clearly identifying yourself with the United States, who have been very, very hostile in recent years to Beijing and to China. It's only natural and inevitable, how could you expect anything, but that somebody would express concern about this and would seek to stop you allying right. yourself with a hostile force. Any Don't country in the world would do something similar. I, I, take, I take issue with you when you say aligning with the United States. You want to get me convicted by using that term. <laughs> now, I we'll come back to that point in a minute. Yeah. Let me explain why I always go abroad to talk about Hong Kong. I am not the first guy to internationalize the Hong Kong issue. You know who is the first? The Chinese government. Because remember the first draft, the, the, the draft of the Joint Declaration was first announced 
in Hong Kong and elsewhere on the 26th of September 1984. Once that was done, a lot of other governments applauded the joint declaration, including the U.S. government, right? and the Canadian government, European government, and Japanese government, and all that. Why? Because joint declaration is not their document. They strongly applauded that document because China, the Chinese government, as well as the British government, lobbied for their open and public support. They were afraid that more and more people will immigrate from Hong Kong, they were afraid the overseas investors would pull the investments from Hong Kong, so they lobbied for international support, hoping that the Hong Kong people and the foreign investors will then be happy with our future. And they succeeded. The immigration tide immediately stopped, overseas investments remain in Hong Kong, so they international Hong Kong. Why can't I tell these governments, which still support Deng Xiaoping's version of one country, two systems, Tell them what's going wrong in Hong Kong. What's that was, wrong with that? Martin, that I, was I, then I and this is now. Since Trump became president, the United States has launched economic warfare on China. Well, They've done with trade, I, I, with tariffs, with blocking Huawei, with attacking 5G, not allowing Huawei, telling American companies not to sell technology to China. This is, this is a quasi-warfare. Uh, what was happening in the 1980s and 90s is, is nothing like that is what is happening now. Well, I also go abroad. I also talk to the British government. In fact, I'm, I'm telling them off. I say, look, this is what they're doing to your former Hong Kong. And you've got a joint declaration with them. What are you going to do? Now, the British government has a duty towards Hong Kong, a duty obligation. But the U.S. government and the other Canadian government and so on and all these governments have a moral obligation to speak up for us because they supported Deng Xiaoping's joint declaration in 1984, and they still support it. And if you talk to the uh, U.S. government, they still support Deng Xiaoping's one country two systems. In fact, they passed laws on Hong Kong because the joint declaration treats Hong Kong as separate from the mainland. And we have our own laws, we have the common law, and so on. So I am asking all these governments who still support the one country two systems, I'm telling them, look, something is happening. You do what you like with us. If you, you can, if you say you, you do nothing, I am not telling you what to do. I can't tell you what to do. You are the government. But if you think fit to do something because something is terribly going wrong in Hong Kong and you still support the one country, two systems, should they All right, be? Uh, some, some comment from, right. from, from listeners, some, some questions. Uh, Anthony uh, says, in the past we had uh, Wang Jinwai, who worked closely with the Japanese government to set up their own kingdom in China. Now we have Martin Lee, who worked closely with the US government to liberate Hong Kong from uh, China. And uh, Anthony says, hi, Martin, do you support the so-called five demands, which include pardoning the terrorists? Uh, and Mr. Pink says, two questions for Martin Lee. After his arrest, is he allowed to leave Hong Kong? Assuming that his arrest is quashed and he's free to travel, has the imminent passage of the security law made it likely that he and other pandemics leaders with foreign passports will leave Hong Kong? That comes uh, from Mr. Pink. And Vic, Vic says, uh, have always been a big fan of yours. Everyone makes mistakes and the Democrats have to accept they've misused the liberties granted to us under the basic law. Are you magnanimous and open-minded enough to accept that? Or will you recommend that the Democrats continue with the old, tried, tested and failed script? That comes from Vic. Mr. Lee, is Mr. Lee still available? Martin Lee? Yeah. Oh. No, he's gone. 
All right. Uh, um, we're also joined, as I say, by Nathan Law, pro-democracy. We're trying to get Martin Lee back. Uh, we're also joined, as I say, by, by uh, Nathan Law. Uh, Mr. Law, good morning to you. Yeah, morning. Oh, good Good day to you. You're speaking to us from the US, are you? No, from Hong Kong. From Hong Kong. Okay. Uh, uh, Jim says, uh, the cowardly attacks on a lawyer and a defenceless girl says it all. Would such behaviour be tolerated and condoned anywhere else? Uh, of course not. That comes uh, from Jim. Um, you know, that's just a small uh, example of the uh, chaos which has come to Hong Kong streets uh, in in recent months, and uh, signs of worse to come with the sort of uh, bombs being prepared and signs of incipient terrorism um, in Hong Kong. Um, do you accept that the uh, well, in some cases, you know, this is a failure of the Hong Kong police, and we need something else. We need something stronger to um, stop our streets turning into anarchy. Well, I, I just talked to um, uh, the, the international panel member uh, once was uh, in the IPCC, which he left because um, he thought that the, the, the police investigation was not doing, doing their job. And um, he just said that the police was, well, there was no accountability and they're not using enough force, but they're using the wrong tactics and use using abuse, abusive right, violence towards the protesters. So I think this is something that, well, um, these like pro-Beijing supporters always omit, which is the police has always been playing a role that um, escalate the whole protest. So I think before you accuse of like, those violence from the protesters, which I, I, I feel like it is definitely not appropriate, but you should look at how the police act and how they ignite the anger of the crowd and try to find a way to really manage um, how to manage uh, protest, but also to protect their rights of assembly. Given, given the scale of the demonstrations, the seriousness of what's been happening on our streets, do, do you understand the need for something to change, something to get tougher? Well, um, it, it's no use to get tougher because... Um, when the suppression is stronger, the resistance is also stronger. So I think the best way is always first setting up an independent inquiry commission uh, to look into what had happened and the police brutality, and then we find, find a way out to solve the problems of democracy and the other demands. And it is no use for you to keep pushing forward and setting up laws to do, like, um, just suppressing the freedom of speech and freedom of assembly and freedom of political beliefs, and it will all, always trigger... But, but Nathan, what about the attacks on ordinary citizens yesterday? Uh, on a lawyer, for example, left bleeding by, by people well, that, that, striking him with well, sticks. I, I, I have to say that that's, that's not, not appropriate. But the, 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 the point is, well, the police was firing all these, like, pepper spray gun and also uh, those, like, um, tear gas without any warning. So, I mean... If you want to condemn violence, please do it in both ways. Yes. Don't just look at the protesters. Well, I, I, I'm sure that that was not an appropriate act. I'd have to say it, but I mean, well, you should look at all those well-equipped, um, well, uh, full-geared police and what their behaviours look like. I, 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 I condemned it both uh, ways. Uh, Mr. Lee, are you, you're back, are you? 
didn't hang up. Okay, all right. I don't know what happened there. All right. I, I, no, I can tell you, people always cut my line. I don't know who. Okay. <laughs> okay, some questions. All right. Uh, Vic, Vic says, um, do you accept that uh, you've made mistakes? The Democrats have misused the liberties granted to us under the basic law. Uh, will you recommend the Democrats continue with their old tried, tested and failed script? Well, uh, let, me, let me tell you why these young people are doing uh, resisting. Because the Chinese government kept on reneging promises. We were promised that after the first 10 years, from, the, from 1997, we could have democracy. Where is democracy now? And we were promised in Article 22 that there's no interference from China, that even the liaison office will, will comply with the basic law and our laws, and they now stay above it. It's because of these con continuing reneging of promises which drove these young people to the streets, and they said, they, don't, we, they won't follow me, because I've always been fighting for democracy in, by peaceful means. Now, they say, it's useless, so we do it our way. We do some force, and even some violence, which I don't agree with. I always believe in peaceful means, all right? But how can they complain? If they say, well, Martin, you are not getting us anything. 30 years now of peace. Will you stay in Hong Kong? We had another email saying, "Will you will you stay in Hong Kong?" Yes, I will, and I am. Even if you, even if I, they will not throw me into prison in Hong Kong, but they will throw me into prison in China. I tell you that. So why should I go away? If I go away, then everything I did in the past is destroyed by myself. I will not destroy it. I will stay with Hong Kong, and and you should. Why should people like us? be forced to take a position like that? All right, and Anthony, not Anthony, for myself, Anthony. I'm already eighty-two. I, I can, I'll die any time. Okay. If I die in prison, so what? Anthony in an email says, Hi Martin, do you support the so-called five demands, which include pardoning the terrorists? Well, I think people would like to see pardoning of both sides. Policemen who have been seen and captured on television, beating people up, committing criminal offences while carrying out their law. On the other side, yes, some, some are violence, but mostly against property. Yesterday, against a person, Earlier, somebody started fire on a person. The funny thing was the police never caught these people. If you catch them, bring them to the court. And let them defend. Lawyers will defend them. We don't know what happened before this guy was beaten. I don't know. Okay? But they should be arrested and prosecuted by the police. All right? All right. I have nothing against that. But let the policemen who commit crimes also be prosecuted. But none of them have been. All right, Nathan Law, question for you. This is from Jim, who says, Mr. Law, are you aware of the USA's abuse of human rights in Afghanistan, Iraq, Vietnam, and a horde of other countries? Well, of course. I'm not saying that US is the perfect example, and I'm not saying that we should all copy the system from them, from there, but I think uh, what democracy is what we need, and we need, we need more account accountability on the government. A government should listen to its people, and that is not something that are invented by the U.S. or you can only observe it in the U.S. That, that is a universal principle of uh, what they fight country or they fight government. So I think, well, yes, of course, there are lots of deficiencies right. in the other governments, but it does Ma not justify Martin the Lee way China said, acts. Martin Lee said he's not going to leave Hong Kong because he's 82 and it doesn't really matter if he dies in jail, but you're much younger, aren't you? Are you going to stay in Hong Kong? I'm not leaving just because of the implementation of national security law, mm. because that, that's definitely something that we have to oppose uh, coherently. And I think we, we should act now, because that, that's something that not only limits like, so-called violent 
actions, but also that will limit our freedom of speech assembly and freedom of mind. And we are having secret police in Hong Kong from China. So that, that is not acceptable mm. to all those people who embrace um, universal values and freedom in Hong Kong. Ma- Martin, can I, Martin, can I say, yeah. Can I say something? Yeah. You know, they call me a traitor. What have I done? I'm holding them to their own contract with the British government in this international treaty on country two systems, a la Deng Xiaoping. I'm holding them to their own contract, and I become a traitor. Isn't mm. this ridiculous? And yet they have called me, they've been calling me a traitor many years ago. I have not left Hong Kong. Mm. Not just because I'm only eight, almost 82 that I would die in Hong Kong. But much earlier they called me that. I could have left Hong Kong very easily with all my, so many of my friends which have done so, okay? But I chose to stay. I'm hoping to do something to keep the rule of law for Hong Kong so as to be able to protect our citizens for human rights. Jackie That's why Fu, I yeah, stay. That's why I enter into politics. Talking about the, the keeping the, the, the basic law in Hong Kong, so um, some say that, um, I think it go back into past of time, so if Martin Lee passed the Article 23, and also if Nathan Law didn't uh, lobby the United States for the Human Rights Act in Hong Kong, so do you think that, that will there be any national security law in Hong Kong today? So do you regret of your actions? Good question. Let me give you the answer. Look at Macau. Macau has been very obedient to China. They've got this two things. Oh, they got this Article 23, plus the mechanisms and so on, all set up in Macau, even though they're so so obedient to the Chinese Communist Party. That's the answer. It's very peaceful in Macau. Exactly. Peaceful in Macau, and yet they, they, they have already enacted Article 23. And not only that, they set up mechanisms uh, under the Chinese uh, NPC Standing Committee and, and so on. But have people and been so, removed yeah. from Macau? I'm sorry? Have people been removed from Macau by mainland agents? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't heard any such thing. <laughs> yeah. Now, even though there is no reason for it, the Macau people don't don't resist the, the uh, Macau government at all, or the communists. Yet, and yet they set up all these things. And is there democracy in Macau? No. So don't put the blame on the the freedom fighters. All right. Without the freedom fighters, you've got less. I tell you. Well, I think if you're talking about stability, then well, in Xinjiang you can see all these like so-called stability. They just lock all the people in, in the concentration camp and do these like cultural whitewash mm. and things yeah. like that. Aren't we, so, aren't we going like, in that direction? Mm. So, um, yes, stability is not the, the, the only important thing. Well, our freedom, our um, human rights and like people being respected by the country, by the government, these are also important criteria to us as like, how and society is working. So sure. after the, the passing the national security laws, should we do whatever we did in the past decade, for example, uh, lobbying in the United States or uh, still uh, fighting for the freedom as such a violence race? So what do you think about that? I don't think the foreign government will actually do a lot for Hong Kong. I'm sorry, I don't have confidence. Because foreign governments want to do China trade, and the more the better particularly after the collapse of the economy because of this COVID-19, I tell you. It's serious, right? So every government has got all the sorts of things, problems on their minds, and the economy is, is crumbling and so on. I don't expect foreign governments to do much for Hong Kong. I'm confident they won't do anything. Indeed, they may do nothing, apart from 
they are seriously concerned. All right? I never expected much from them. That's why I always tell them what's happening. And it's up to them what to do or what to say. That's all I do. And if I'm a traitor for Hong Kong, then why not? I want to defend our people's rights. I am not asking for anything more. All these things are promised to us in the Joint Declaration and the Basic Law, which I helped draft. I mean, so that's all I, 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 what I've been doing. And if they call me traitor, they kill me even, there's still death penalty in China. Okay, so be it. What are the chances of the LegCo election going ahead, do you think, Mr. Lee? <laughs> Half Beijing. If they, if they are confident to win, they will let you hold it, like the uh, district council election. <laughs> and then they, 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 they will crop it. So they are not confident anymore. They are doing all these things. They, I tell you why. They, they are now going to start a precedent by which Beijing Standing Committee will legislate for Hong Kong. They know they can't do it under the basic law, so they will do it under the Chinese constitution. Now, from then on, they will still allow Hong Kong, the Hong Kong legislature to function dealing with bread and butter issues. But all the important constitution issues, they will deal with for us. They will pass laws for us, even though the basic law says they cannot do that. Should you okay. and the other pandems have taken action earlier on Article 23? Well, in fact, the version we objected was Tung 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 Chihuahua's version in 2003, because they would have seriously eroded three of our basic freedoms. But after the huge demonstrations, actually Mr. Tung proposed three major amendments, which we proposed, and he refused to take. But even then, decided finally to withdraw the thing. Now, with the three amendments from him, the Article 23 would not have eroded into any of our freedoms. That would be perfectly acceptable to me. But then they didn't want it. I don't know why. Okay, well, Martin Lee, thanks, thanks for joining us. And Nathan Law, thank you very much indeed. And Jackie Fung, a think tank uh, researcher. Uh, some of more of the emails to finish off that we have received, um, we'll have to edit. Peter M says, despite what your united frontlessness say, this has all come about because of the complete lack of accountability of Hong Kong leaders to the people of Hong Kong. This has been exacerbated by Carrie Lam's appalling judgment, intransigence, complete lack of empathy with the majority of Hong Kong people, and dishonesty. Um... Richard says Hong Kong is getting more and more sinister. There are paid hands writing to your program to try and sway opinion, and I'm sure you know it. What is China so afraid of? They need to do this to buttress their position with such input. Everyone listening can detect the skewed sentiment. Fortunately, it is quite blatant. Uh, and uh, Anthony says, according to the law, the police can use their guns in face of any riots, disturbance, something they rarely use, but are still being castigated as police brutality, not to mention the police being attacked by corrosive liquid and fake news of unlawful killings. Does it make sense if I see Nathan, you, Nathan Law, being attacked and wrapped? The police still need to give warning before using any force to save you. Uh, uh, Jeffrey says uh, an RTHK question since the government department where will you store all the email addresses and contact details of people who wrote in or are they deleted since under the national security law they will have the power to retrieve all records and be able to target people uh, Peter says, as you have Nathan Law on the show, I'm curious how I could explain and defend his collaboration with regime change neoconservatives in Washington to preserve the US's own political and economic interests and turn Hong Kong into an American base for its anti-China policy. Uh, doesn't Nathan Law understand that he's part of the reason why we now have a national security law? Anthony also says, so as you're prosecuted by the police for a legal assembly, you are one of them, so it's fair. 
S says, ask Mike Rouse which country would sit back when it realises that another country actually steals technology and also with disadvantage charges hefty duty on the goods produced using uh, all of this. Uh, uh, Anthony again says, just to clarify, Nathan Law, are you Chinese as you were born in Shenzhen and lived there with your Chinese parents? LK says, Mike says he hasn't heard of anyone taken from a cow. How would he? No free press, no freedom of speech. How on earth would he hear of any such unmentionables? Anthony also says in Xinjiang, why the number of terrorism reduced, decreased significantly, likewise in the US after the 9-11 uh, attacks. Thank you very much indeed uh, for uh, all your messages. I'm sure there are some more as well to uh, come in, but uh, for the meantime, thank you very much indeed. Mr Fung, thank you very much indeed. Mike, thank you. Wow, what a, uh, a, a programme. I know, let's do it all again <laughs> tomorrow. The weather, uh, mainly cloudy with some showers and some isolated thunderstorms. The showers easing off later. 28 degrees at the moment, relative humidity now 86%. To prevent pneumonia and respiratory tract infection, always keep hands clean and wash hands for at least 20 seconds. Put the lid down before flushing. Add water to U-traps regularly. Cover your mouth and nose with a tissue when sneezing or coughing. Wear a mask and seek medical advice promptly if unwell. Fully cover your nose, mouth and chin with a mask. Visit chp.gov.hk to learn more. 9.33, the news now with Samantha Butler. Hong Kong's sole delegate to the National People's Congress Standing Committee says he doesn't expect the body to delay drafting the national security law for the SAR. Tam Yu-Chung told an RTHK programme that members will start soon after the NPC votes on the resolution on Thursday. He says the Standing Committee will hold a meeting at the end of June to discuss the matter and people are welcome to submit their views. Environmental group Greenpeace says the government must prepare for the kind of once-in-a-decade storms that battered Hong Kong in 2018. The Green Group says climate change will make storms such as Mankut more frequent, flooding areas inhabited by tens of thousands of residents and causing billions of dollars in damage. And the United States has suspended travel from Brazil, which has emerged as the world's second largest hotspot for coronavirus cases. A White House spokeswoman said non-Americans who'd been in Brazil two weeks prior to requesting entry would be barred. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock. It's time right now on Radio 3 to say good morning to Phil Whelan and his guests on The Morning Brew. Hello. Hello. How are you? Not too bad at all. Good morning. Hello. You never Facebook chat with me, Phil. Good morning. He's got the Tom and Jerry type violence. It's a great experience if you 